and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 145. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we are discussing Star Trek Enterprise's fourth season episodes, Babel 1, United, and the ENR. And we're going to be discussing Babel 1 and United as one episode discussion, and then we'll do the ENR separately. Uh, so here we go. Babel 1, Season 4, Episode 12, Production Number 412, Original Air Date, January 28, 2005, Directed by David Strayton, Written by Mike Sussman and Andre Bermanis, Music Composed by Paul Belergen, United, Season 4, Episode 13, Production Number 413, Original Air Date, February 4, 2005, Directed by David Livingston, Story by Manny Cotto, Teleplay by Judith Reeves Stevens and Garfield Reeves Stevens, Music Composed by Jay Chataway. Guest cast include Jeffrey Combs as Command. Andrew Schran, Lee Ehrenberg as Ambassador Grawl, Brian Thompson as Admiral Baldor, Gino Silva as Senator Brax, Kevin Brief as Narg, Molly Brink as Lieutenant Talis, J. Michael Flynn as Nigel, and Scott Allen Rinker as Pilot. Captain Archer and Ensign Sato spend time preparing for the arrival of Ambassador Grawl and the Telluride delegation. By practicing being blunt, complaining, and arguing, en route to a trade summit on Babel 1. They detect, detect a distress call from the Andorian warship Kamari, now under attack. Enterprise alters its course to assist and arrives to find Captain Shran, Lieutenant Talos, and 17 other survivors in escape pods. Archer goes to meet Shran in sickbay, and an angry Shran claims that both the Andorian ambassador ship and his ship were attacked and destroyed by a powerful Telluride vessel. You're both being set up. Your ship was attacked because someone didn't want this conference to go forward. Who? I'm asking you. One captain to another. Look at the evidence before you do something you're going to regret. All right, Babel One and the United. Hmm. Well, there's obviously a lot of original series. Uh, I wouldn't say influence but it's more like um references and and a you know an homage you could almost take some of this as a prequel to journey to babel maybe i mean it's yeah, certainly in the bit. title mm -hmm. yeah um and, and i enjoy i enjoy that aspect of it but one of the reasons i wanted to talk about these two and do the enar separately um what that kind of holds Babel One and United back for me is a problem that I'm having with them that I that I didn't have with it. You know, uh, is that I feel because they've given me this mystery. Well, first we have the first we have it that the, it's the Romulans, but they're not actually on the ship. Um, you know, or the the other mystery being you know the main mystery being how did these different ships appear different, but they have the same power signature and it's not the appropriate power signature or whatever the whole time i feel so 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 ahead of it hmm. um you know that it makes it kind of boring to watch now i don't know could that possibly be because i've seen it before and i already know and there may it i don't think that's it i think i feel like these guys are smarter than this and they would have all figured this out faster um I don't know. Did that bother you guys at all? You know, I've talked about this sort of thing before. When I feel ahead of it, uh, it's it's a it's a harder harder sell for me. Um, I see what you're saying. I think maybe maybe the pro. I see kind of understand what you're saying. The problem that I kind of have with that, what you're talking about, is there's really no payoff to it. It's not like they they talk about that in the first episode, and they don't really go back to the Romulans ever again in the other two episodes. So there's no real. Um, you know, like, ooh, it was the Romulans. We got to watch out for them. Type of scene. Well, um, I didn't somewhere in, in later in the in the other two episodes. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, that's a that's a worthwhile thing to talk about. But I was more talking about like us as the viewer, you know, seeing that oh, it's it's not so much that we there's there's a surprise that it's the Romulans. It's that that you know there's this surprise and mystery about where are they on the ship? Even though we keep cutting to them, oh, it turns out they're not actually on the ship. You know. But that that being oh. part of it, and then the other part being, you know, that this that this ship has this ability to look like other ships, which is so funny. Also, when you think about it, it's just I, you just don't think of. I know that's how kind of how Star Trek works, but it's like saying, oh, you know, 
we have to make the ship look like something else, as if that's the primary method of investigation when you're in the middle of space. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Better, better hope they have a camera. And it's not like Battlestar Galactica or something. <laughs> right. Otherwise, this is a real waste of our time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, that 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 you know, just feeling like I'm ahead of that. Like, oh yeah, yeah, it's the it's all the same ship, guys. They've got holographic emitters, and it's the same ship, looking like all these different ships and attacking each one of you to make you ticked off at each other. You know. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it is hard to know for sure because I don't recall seeing it the first time what I thought of a mystery. I do think definitely the nobody on the bridge thing does seem really telegraphed prior to the ending. You know, it's kind of like they build up, build up, but it's it's quite obvious because they're, they're so they're so disparate the scenes you know it's like they're, they're, they're it, you know even I, I think anyone would know you know something's going on yeah. yeah 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 um as far as the i don't think that's so much regarding the uh the appearance of the ship and the different ships that it's the same thing i think that's unusual certainly but i don't um you know i, I think i think definitely about the bridge question being ahead of them a little bit yeah i agree with that mm. Well, you know, it's nice to get uh, such a Shran-featured couple of episodes here. That's always nice. Um, the other stuff that seems like a big original series homage is just this this duel to the death thing, which mm-hmm. I which there's some other funny things about that. Like, what is the, this little ice tool that Shran has? <laughs> and they apparently have a second one on board, so somebody else had theirs. I carry it with me everywhere. His ship was destroyed. He got in an escape pod. Right? <laughs> Literally <laughs> everywhere. You know, Wait, <laughs> stop, guys. Stop. I need to run back to my quarters. <laughs> no, no, no. They're saying that he literally had it on his person? That sucker's pretty big and sharp. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, like, you would sense. think every time he sits down, he would have had to have pulled it out. But I don't remember <laughs> seeing that. So. But not only that, but somebody else had theirs with them, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah, unless they, yeah, they can't really replicate them. We don't see what that. About that thing that they wore on their arms. Yeah, <laughs> that seems a really important part of the tradition because they're actually like tied together. Remember? Yeah. And it must be super in the rules since they obviously read about it and oh hey, why don't you use the stringy part to like choke them out? Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know. So again, all of that stuff was just on somebody's person in the escape pods. <laughs> I don't. That was confusing. Yeah. Maybe they made them, but it's not like we got replicators here. Mm-hmm. I also don't remember, you know, some they, guy they, like maybe maybe they, Chef's second job is blacksmith. Mm, there you go. They, pro- they probably have dual kits in each of the escape pods. You never know when you're going to need a dual. Great <laughs> 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 class in case of duels. You know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's good. So yeah, that was funny. But anyway, um, you know that that does have obviously it makes you think a little bit about, you know. Uh, a muck time or something, yeah. I don't, but you know, it doesn't, it just feels kind of cheesy and it feels mostly, it feels like filler to me um, yeah. because it doesn't have enough to do with the primary storyline in a, th- in essentially a three parter. Mm-hmm. The third part is pretty different, but it's still, it's still part three. I wouldn't call it totally separate. Um, so in a three parter to have this huge section uh, that doesn't have much to do with the story. You know, on one hand, it's nice that there's, that, you know, Shran's, was she his exo? I don't want to just yes. reduce her to the ship so. by calling her Shran's girl or something. Let's say, okay, let's just say Shran's exo then. Uh, it, it's nice that this person that Shran has feelings for, um, who was important to him, gets killed by a Tellarite. <laughs> That's nice. Uh, it's nice because it gives, you know, it keeps that drama going, making it hard for Shran to work with the Tellarites, of course. Otherwise, they would have just been like, oh, that ship that made you that made you upset with them. It's definitely, definitely not, um, you know, it's somebody else just trying to get your goat. It's They're definitely not actually Tellarites. And then he wouldn't have had a hard time working with them. Amassing these 126, 128 ships wouldn't have been a problem. So it's good that they added that bit uh, to give it some... Um, drama, but then taking that so far uh, that he this duel to the death and whatever and fighting Archer and all that that starts to, that's when I start to feel like this is this is not germane enough to the main storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
how did you guys feel about all of th that stuff? I'm, I'm, I'm uh, doing a lot. I liked all the elements. I do agree that it did feel like they were filling time by having that in there. Um, though it is in character with what we've seen of Shran and the Andorians in general. Yeah, I overall like like this quite a bit. I, but I, I think it's one of those. It's hard to imagine. What if you weren't a super fan of Star Trek and how much you would like it, you know, because there's so many references to the original series. And, you know, you see you obviously you got the Babel one stuff. You've got um, the fight to the death thing that, like you said, reminds me of mock time. Then you also have the whole Romulans using drone ships. And there was that throwaway line in the original series about why they'd never seen Romulans before, because they they I don't know yeah. how they phrase it in the original series. They conducted the war through radio control or something goofy like that. But yeah. it gives you kind of some insight. OK, so this is like a precursor to that. They must have used some kind of drone ships in their fights potentially and stuff. All these little tidbits, you know, make it really, really cool for for the you know a big Star Trek man. Yeah, I'd have to go with Steve there. I didn't bought. I didn't really feel like filler. I mean, if you're just coming into, if you're not a big Star Trek fan and you're watching these episodes and you don't really know the character Shran all that well, you would probably not think too highly of him because he keeps making um, pretty, you know, not abs absurd is the bad word. He just makes boneheaded decisions that kind of just go against the grain. But that's in character. That's his character that we've known throughout this whole series. So it doesn't. If you watch all of these, it doesn't feel out of place for him. But at, the, at some point, you just got to think Arch, Archer just wants to slap the shit out of him because it's like, come on, man. So that brings up one thing I wanted to talk about. This whole concept even, you know, um, you killed Talus. That's her name, Talus, right? You killed Talus, and now we need to have this fight to the death. And, you know, he doesn't take any responsibility for – I mean – that situation wouldn't have happened. She would not have been killed. Yeah, I'm not right. saying it's his fault, but it's his hot-headedness. It's his not trusting after all this time, still not giving anything to Archer. Mm -hmm. You know, his his storming into their room with weapons. Bad crap happens when you have upset people and weapons in a small room. Yeah. You know, you're opening up that world, that pos those possibilities. Uh, by starting all that, and Strand takes absolutely no responsibility for that. Mm -hmm. um, it's also weird to me that, like, it seems like the Tellarite that did it, nothing happened at all to him either. Right? Yeah, yeah he just didn't understand that. Out, you know? Yeah. Um, also, maybe Archer has some blame here too, because they are making significant progress in this investigation in ways that would have cooled both of them off toward one another. And he doesn't share that information with them. Maybe there wasn't time or something, but it feels a little bit like the only reason he doesn't do it is because narratively we're going to get better drama with them being upset with each other. Mm -hmm. Sure. Right. And that's not a good enough reason for him to not be Archer. Yeah. That, that kind of bothered me too. But mostly it bothers me that Sharan takes absolutely no responsibility for his own actions. Mm-hmm. That was the main thing. Yeah. yeah, it does have a, these episodes do have a lot of that vibe where they just kind of tailor things to make it work like they want, but sometimes they pay for it with characters being at, kind of out of character moments and things being a bit convoluted and such. I mean, do you guys think that Archer should have shared this information and shared it sooner? Yeah, I, I thought the same thing. I was wondering when we were going to have that scene or he brought them, you know. Into the you know into the conference room and like here we go here we go it seems like that happened later after after that incident right I mean you have to assume that I mean I guess you don't have to assume maybe he wants to keep it quiet for a while but yeah the right choice would have been to share it as soon as possible but you I mean you have to make the assumption oh well he's still deliberating whether or not to share this information and then in the meantime they flip out and go at each other yeah hmm. I don't know oh the duel was pretty bloody. That was kind of it was, and, and and another nod to the original series. Some good who's that guy moments. <laughs> oh yeah, that's fun. <laughs> one thing funny. It, it's so striking how different this show looks in high shot in high def rather than shot on film and transferred to high def. Mm -hmm. um, these episodes had a lot of a lot of like, oh, I'm going to talk in a second about the Reed and Trip stuff on the Marauder. But when they were in their suits and they would, and their suits have like lights on them like flashlights on them whatever and they would turn toward the camera mm -hmm. and it would just there would be um no light i mean it would just get completely blown out in those portions there was no 
Um, you know, it was either complete white or not the light at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was just blown out. There was no um, detail anywhere in there, um, which sure, it feels like that HD limitation of those days. But in addition to that, the uh, the who's that guy moments are so, so <laughs> clear now. You know? Um, in the same way that there was no question earlier in those those bright moments that there's no detail here it's like yep that's somebody else but there's <laughs> I mean you can't even try it does it's it's silly it's all in a, in a way it's almost worse than the original series for me right <laughs> you know? um do you, did Archer get straight out stabbed in the leg too I mean he took one of the, the big I was like damn how can he walk after that well, I missed that I mean I could be wrong but it I looked like yeah a pretty big gash. I mean, it was unclear, I guess, how bad he got it, but he certainly had some bloody spots. I don't, yeah, I don't know how bad he got hit. You know, you know, it seems like with Jonathan or with um, Scott Bakula, they always had to cut him in the face. I think there's been numerous times where he's got a big gash in his face, and he's that's yeah, cool, hard. cool looking. Yeah, but yeah, both he and Tran had that for these episodes, though. That was fun. But I've noticed that with Archer, other times in this in the in the series, like he always has to have a cut on his face. <laughs> Well, you know, they cut he cuts um Shran's antenna off, which is True. is funny. Somehow I always remembered that moment. I I don't know why. Um they don't show it, of course. <laughs> what would that have looked like? Mm. Mm. Um not in the budget. Yeah, I guess so. Um the hundred and twenty eight ships thing was that was interesting, but it, it seemed like maybe they shouldn't have picked such a high number because I had a hard time. But <laughs> it was like they're gonna you got really you guys got 128 ships that fast. Yeah, yeah. It that reminded fast, me of they got 128 ships, and Enterprise was out fighting the um, <laughs> the Zindi for months, uh, even when they came to Earth. And you guys got 128 ships <laughs> in, in like 10 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah. The Marauder here. Um, yeah, it kind of reminded me. What is it? Univocation, where they did that web of ships. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Kind of reminded me of the the those that episode. <sighs> you were talking about the um, the spacesuits. I thought, I thought it was kind of funny. It's the what is it? The twenty second century, and they're still using analog air gauges. Yeah. Right, right. Well, and they're still they still have these things that can Oh, look, the tube popped off. Now I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought the same thing. You think it'd be a little bit more secure than that. Yeah. All that said, I actually really enjoyed those. I like I like the trip and read. I I always like those two together, of course. Yeah. But specifically those two on this mystery ship working their way through the ship, they get to the bridge and the things they do. I liked all that. I actually liked that a lot. I I, I enjoyed that story. Um, and I wanted to, to keep going. Um, phaser on overload. Have we seen that in this series before? I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. That's another thing that really reminds me of the original series, right? Um, but yeah, I, I liked all that. I liked that stuff. I liked that a lot. And then, and then at the end with those two, when they're out in space in their suits and they're just floating and all those ships are flying by them. I don't those think we've all- really seen that before on this show, on any Star Trek TV show, probably. We've seen people in space in suits, but you know, not not with full CG ships comped in behind them and stuff like that. That's just something that we I don't mm-hmm. think they would have ever they've ever really done on a show in a movie, sure, but not on the show. So, so that was all really cool. I really those were some cool effects. Yeah. It was kind of cool seeing. Inter- they had that shot with Enterprise and all the other ships in the background. You know, kind of like a, a fleet of ships. You saw the Vulcan ship, the Telluride. So, you know, right at the end, as the two of them are um, sitting, the two, the Vulcan, or excuse me, the the Telluride and the Andoran are sitting down to talk. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. That was cool. Yeah, it had like a um, end of Empire Strikes Back <laughs> feeling or something. Mm-hmm. You know, pulling back out of from them, seeing them there and stuff. Well, also kind of also remind you know this is the kind of the beginning of the Federation. You know, these are all the all these yep. ships. These are all the the races that are going to be in the Federation, and then you know it's kind of symbolic. And you have Enterprise there, and be a nice actually brain picture to have. It, it was nice. This episode kind of gives you an understanding of why humans kind of led the Federation in a way, or maybe why the Federation was originally on Earth because the humans were the ones that everybody kind of individually we're okay with you know mm-hmm. for the same reasons that they asked us to 
you know, ferry them for the discussions in the first place here. You know, you can see how when it came time to form the Federation, the others might have felt like Earth was the most neutral choice or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you see that a lot with Archer. You know, he explains that, you know, they they want peace. You know, they want to, you know, they're... He had, is it a scene with Paul where he's talking about? I could be, I'm sorry, I watched this a few days back, so I might be mistaken. But doesn't he have a scene where he explains that humans could be this... Take this role. I don't know. I might be. I might be yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, huh. yeah. So I just, don't, I just don't remember where it's at. Sorry. So it sounds like. I mean, I I like I like these episodes fine. Um, I think that they they maybe slide down ever so slightly with age for me. Um, but you know, I like them. I think I'm gonna. I probably enjoy the ENR a little bit more for a variety of reasons that we're gonna talk about in a second. But, you know, I like these episodes, and I definitely enjoy them as a, you know, original series, homage, and all the fun Star Trek type stuff. Um, so these are the ENR that we see. We see Remans for the first time on a TV show. Mm-hmm. That was nice to give it that sense of... Um, Connection to the movies? Yeah, and the other way around, too, of course. Um, the movies connected to the same universe as the shows. Um, but it's fun seeing, you know, obviously this is the this is the only way, this this telepresence concept is the only way um, that we're gonna see uh, Romulus on Enterprise. Otherwise they'd be messing with the canon. Um, I think there's a li- tiny, tiny, tiny bit of commentary about drones and stuff, but that's probably more in the Enar. Um, so, well, before we move on from these two, is there anything else you guys want to talk about here? Um, did you? I know there were there were several new characters here, but it really felt like the. I don't know. I didn't feel necessarily like most of the ones in this episode. Maybe in the Enar, but not in this one. I didn't feel like they were terribly well defined there just wasn't much to him except for shran but we already know shran even the uh the romulan admiral the one you know our main baddie over there running the show he has a a line or two that that gives him some character but i don't think it's in either of these two i think it's in the i think it's in enar you know talking about his history as a senator and stuff Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so I think that's you know th- these are all the kind of reasons why maybe it's just a just a little tick lower than I remembered it for me and uh, maybe it sounds like you guys enjoyed it slightly more than I did these two. Um, I would Brian I would agree with you that um, Enar is the strongest of the three that we're going to talk about today. But I enjoyed these two episodes. Yeah. Um. I I mean they were entertaining. Um. I think they have a little bit to say, more so about um, Star Trek as a, you know the foundation of Star Trek as a whole. Um maybe not necessarily like societal wise, but I enjoyed the episodes. I, I mean, I, I think we, we kind of talked about what we thought the weak points were, but it didn't at all ruin the episodes for me. And it, I thought they were fun and good. And the capper is, um, Enar, which is really a good episode. I thought, but we'll get into that in a minute. So what do you, what do you guys think these two are about? Um, for me, fundamentally, what I was talking about a second ago is like, I kind of feel like you see the formation of the, the Federation in these two episodes. You know, you see the Telluride's, you see the Andorians, the Vulcans, everybody kind of comes together. Do you just see the, I guess maybe the spark or the genesis of where... Um, genesis? Genesis of where things begin. Um, <laughs> that That's kind of what these two, these episodes were kind of about for me. I mean, they weren't too deep. They're action fun type episodes. Yeah, I... Um... I agree. I think it's it's mostly yeah about the, um, the well the difficulties in in setting aside differences to come together to you know this whole notion of coming together to fight a common enemy. But uh, I mean, not not in every case is there some kind of um, ruse or complex plot to trick people into believing that they're actually against each other, but there are certainly pitfalls in real life in terms of people with a history of differences and trying to set aside those differences and, you know, um, have some perspective, you know, to, to uh, move forward and, and consider what they can do together and if, if they set aside their histories and so forth. Cool. 
All right. Well, I think we've definitely covered these two. Let's do six degrees for Babel One and United. Oh, golly. Adam, are you going first or second? I suppose I'll go first. Lee Ehrenberg plays Grawl, the Tellarite leader that likes it when you talk mean to him. <laughs> in next gen's <laughs> in next gen's seventh season, he played the Ferengi Bok in the episode Bloodlines. Bok seeks revenge for the death of his son. Name the ship Picard commanded when Bok's son was killed. I know that didn't actually take place in that episode, but um oh. Damn it. It's like on the tip of my tongue. Um, is it the Stargazer? You are Probably correct. Rocks. Oh, wow. You got it. I thought, thought I was wrong on that one. Good. Uh, Steve, Ehrenberg played another character named Grawl, also a Ferengi, in DS9's first season episode, The Nagus. In this episode, who succeeds Zek as Grand Nagus upon Zek's death? Oh, uh, yeah. Is it Quark? You are correct. One to one. Moving on. <laughs> The Enar, Season 4, Episode 14, Production Number 414, Original Air Date, February 11th, 2005, Directed by Mike Beeger, Story by Manny Cotto, Teleplay by Andre Bormanis, Music Composed by Dennis McCarthy and Kevin Kiner. Guest cast include Jeffrey Combs as Commander Shran, Alexandra Leiden as Jamel, Brian Thompson as Admiral Valdor, Gino Silva as Senator Vrax, Alicia Adams as Leeson, and Scott Allen Rinker as Garib. <laughs> Varax, a Romulan senator, is disappointed that Admiral Valdor and scientist Najil's drone program has failed to provoke a rift between humans and Dorian and Tellurites races, as they had hoped. In fact, the opposite has happened. On Enterprise, analysis of data gathered in previous encounter with the Romulan ship reveals that the ship is being piloted telepathically by an Andorian. Commander Shran explains that the data indicates that the pilot is probably a member of the NR, a white-skinned and blind Andorian subrace. Our scientists identified the brainwave pattern. And? It's from my world, but it's not from any Andorian you'd know. It's Enar. They're a kind of subspecies. Blind ice dwellers. Adam, why don't you kick us off on the Enar? Enar. Um... Very good episode. There's kind of a lot going on. We have um, we have a lot of scenes between Shran and Archer. Um, we get to learn about the Enar culture, which is interesting, and their pacifist ways and how they communicate. They seem to be um, kind of the opposite of what um, of Shran. At least Shran. We don't you know we don't get to see a lot of different Andorians, but it's quite the opposite of Shran. Um, I enjoyed the the trip stuff. Um, trip into Paul. Find out in this episode that he's um, he's still got a hankering for um, his um, commanding officer there. And um, but it's, I, I think the scene I enjoyed the most in this episode was the scene between um, Trip and um, Flocks when Flocks is you know explaining mm. to him there's nothing he can do about love and um, this is one think, ailment that is universally untreatable. You'll just have to suffer through it. Yeah. Um. I just I don't know why I just kind of enjoyed that scene. It was just. It was so true, but yet kind of amusing and kind of sad all at the same time. So you mentioned that as your favorite scene. I like that scene, and as an exam, as as proof that here's an episode that's that we all liked a lot and is pretty good. Um, the scene I liked the most is not that scene, even though I like that scene. I think I think the scene I enjoyed the most was that scene, kind of in the dark when. Uh, Shran wakes because uh, what's her name? Janelle? Is that it? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a very good scene. Yeah, uh, he's standing over. She's standing over him, and she's talking a little bit. He has that great line where she says she apologizes for accidentally reading his mind a little bit, and he has that line. I really like it. It's never been all that difficult to tell what I'm thinking, so it, you know it's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's a great line, actually. Sure. You know, it's it's it says a lot about who he is, but uh, literally, but it also says something about you know he I mean, recognizes a, that about himself. You know that he's yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was gonna say there's a lot of great scenes in this episode. Um, I like the the end scene with Tucker and um, um Captain Archer. You know, so yeah, there's a lot of good good stuff in this episode. 
I really like that moment, which, believe me, I can see how it could have been ultra crazy cheesy, but I thought it worked. That moment when you just see the Enar, the two, the, the two sibling, Enar siblings, you see their faces as they're talking kind of near the end. Sure. You know, like he says, like they told me, and it's just like, you know, it's just like telepathy talk, right? So we just put some echo on it and, then, mm-hmm. and we don't see their mouth moving. Uh, but, you know, he says something about they told me all the Enar are dead or something. And then she says, I don't know, whatever she says. But I, 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 like, I like that moment because it's not cheesy. It's two people. It's just two people's faces while they're talking and their mouths aren't moving. But it's it's it, it's cool. I like it. I like how they weren't they they tricked him. They weren't forcing him. You know, I think um, leading up to that scene, you yeah, kind of just assumed just drugs or something. Was, yeah, yeah, they assumed that he was he was doing this against his will, and I, I kind of like that little the little twist there that he had, he was actually cooperating because they had they had lied to him. Mm-hmm. I like the um, the aesthetic quality of that scene, and also kind of the consistency with the design element of the prisms and the rainbow effect too, because you have that. There, you know, it's it's kind of a low budget way to do something really interesting is seeing what they're seeing and feeling in that helmet. You know, that kind of the multicolored mm-hmm. effect on their face, and it's kind of yeah. it's kind of old school in a way. It's kind of retroy or something, you know, because it's not really it's not some kind of CG effect. It's clearly some kind of lighting thing on them. And then to me, that's uh, that design element. Um, it also is reflected like when you see so much of in Andoria in that area yeah. that they you know are in and the rainbow prism stuff. And I like that. Yeah, yeah. Of course, and it's cool. I have we been to Andoria before? I don't think so. No. Yeah, so getting to see that, of course, is neat. Um, it's, just, it's a moon, actually. You know, and that's, yeah, that's interesting. yeah. Uh, I, I would. I might normally have a minor quibble that I'm confused about how the Enar seems so advanced like technologically and stuff and their houses mm. and stuff look so modern i guess for lack of a better word uh sure. but yet they were like the, i don't know it's almost implied they were nomads and they were just discovered 50 years ago so they were developing all their stuff completely in tandem or something i don't understand <laughs> that but you know when i like the episode i i generally don't notice these things or if i do i can forgive them a lot easier um so yeah, you know, there's a lot of stuff like that. That I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in here. So I don't notice stuff like that. But no, um. I, I agree with you, Brian. When I first saw that scene in there, how their city was so advanced, I'm like, yeah, I thought the same thing. I'm like, I kind of was made out that these were kind of just cave dwelling type people. Not yeah. I mean, all you had to do was change a couple of of trans lines instead of making them. We thought they were myths until 50 years ago. Just say, you know, they've always kept to themselves, or we have very very little interaction, or whatever, and then you can get by with enough other stuff sure um but you know like that the that girl i thought was pretty good and she doesn't have a lot to do here but the sister but you know she sold me that while i was talking about i like that moment when they're kind of communicating and you know steve you're saying you like the lights on them but when when he says uh remember me or something to that effect and then he's killed and then she comes out and I felt a tiny bit. I actually felt a little bit of a uh, uh, emotion for her, and you know, I did. I actually sure. did. She's a she's a a tiny guest star, and I actually did feel something there. And that's a, that's amazing. Well, the the actress did a good job mm-hmm. portraying that empathy. You know, the the raw emotion of that character. You know, and that was an, you know not it's not too often that you kind of have you know. Where in the where he's killed and he's kind of killed in a violent way and you know mm-hmm. I think that's one thing about Enterprise it's been a little bit in general it's been a little bit darker we've seen a lot of kind of like violent deaths um, in this series well, recently as of yeah you know the latter season three to now yes right mm-hmm. um, I was a little confused like uh, when the Enar temporary leader says you know when when they've been confusing their minds or something and preventing um, Janelle and Archer and Tran from leaving. Um, why does she change her mind and then let them out? I was confused about that. I understand that she looks into Janelle's mind, but what difference would there have anything made given her the reasons for her previous refusal to assist them? 
I didn't understand mm. that exactly. Right. I, I don't know. That, was, that confused me. But it is a nice time saver, though. You know, um, <laughs> like, I think Archer was about to explain something about, um, you know, what's happening with this Marauder vessel, and then I think she actually had a line something to the effect of. This is the final of the three parters. So, uh, <laughs> so it really isn't time. Let me just read your mind. <laughs> so that worked out. <laughs> yeah, I like those scenes, the the trip to Paula scenes, and then she she stops him in the hallway even, which was a nice little moment. Um, I didn't remember that that this is the episode where he uh, asks to be transferred. Right, I didn't either. But it it certainly puts a nice bow on all those previous scenes. Sure. You know, it gives them a little more weight. I would have liked a little bit more closure, I think, with the the Romulans, maybe. Um, But, you know... Um, I think there was a deleted scene or something, right, that where there was a little bit more, but it wasn't necessarily you know, great stuff. Um, one of today's episodes, I think it was after Babel 1, but before United, I forget. One of the in between a couple of these episodes is when they announced that Enterprise was canceled. Uh. Yeah. So it, I think it, I, I remember, like, I remember that when Enar didn't suck. It was in a way disappointing. <laughs> right, right. I remember thinking, you know, uh, well, I remember, I remember really enjoying the season up and when hearing that it was kind of disappointing because it's like, well, it kind of, yeah, it kind of felt like the show was kind of starting to hit its stride. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Now it's over. Yeah. Of course. I mean, nowadays they announce something's canceled and they just stop, but at least they let them, you know, finish Mm-hmm. The season, you know, a few more episodes to shoot, and they not many, right? Because I'm talking about when these aired, not when these were shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when they made that announcement. So at this point, they probably only had another, maybe a month of shooting or something like that. Yeah, yeah. six weeks at the most, probably less. Um, all right. Uh, so it sounds like we all we all like the Enar a lot, huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure. Um, what's it about? Well, on some part of it could be about letting go. You know, um, she had to let go of her brother and let him do that. You know, um, you know, it's also Shran. He kind of was going through the healing process, letting go of um, was it Talisha? So that's kind of a theme. Uh, in- Talus, I think. Tal- Talus, my bad. Um, I kind of got some of those themes. You know, grieving and coming to terms with losing a, a loved one or somebody who's really close to you. Yeah, I agree with that. And there's also kind of that element of the gray area where they're, it's a pacifist culture and how much you, you know, how much action do you, do you take when you can help fix an issue, but you're a pacifist, you know, and that, that kind of complexity is not the first time we've ever seen that in, on TV or movies, that kind of uh, conundrum, but um, there's a little bit of that in this too. And we get to see um, Tucker go, go crazy. You know, he's crazy in love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's do six degrees for the Enar. Our score is one to one. Um, Adam, you went first last time. Steve. Yes. Brian Thompson plays Admiral Valdor the Romulan Admiral leading the drone mission. In DS9's second season in the episode Rules of Acquisition, he played the red-faced Ingatu. Quark, representing the Ferengi, uh, wants to buy 100,000 vats of what kind of wine from Ingatu? Mm. I might make, mix this up with something else, but let me try to... Is it Tulaberry? Yep. 100,000 vats of Tulaberry wine. Uh, Adam, see if you're yes. tied for the day. Thompson also played Lieutenant Clagg in Next Gen's second season in the episode A Matter of Honor, who beats up Clagg to show that he's ready to lead the Klingon vessel. Um, Worf? Nope. 
Steve? Riker? You are correct. Uh, Riker. That's the one where Riker, they had like their exchange thing or whatever, right? Yeah. That's right. Yep. All right. Um, there's a few other things we wanted to talk about. Uh, we're going to get the sad one out of the way first. Um, listeners, you may have recognized that our last episode, uh, we did not discuss Anton Yelkin's passing at all. Um, and that was because we had recorded that episode prior to the, his accident. Um, so I wanted to just spend a, a minute or two here talking about it. I mean, it's it's so... God, it's just like... It's so awful and bad and terrible and tragic. It's, I mean, such a complete waste, like a freak accident. To, you know, I, that's that's actually being a little too kind. It sounds like this car... His, his vehicle that killed him um, had a little bit of a known defect and it had mm-hmm. been sort of recalled for this or something. Right. But still, that that, that defect led to his death. That, that is a freak accident, the way this happened. And I really don't want to talk about those details on our show. Um, I just wanted to say that I thought he was really good. I, mean, I thought he was so perfect in the role. Um, you know, you people have complained over the years about maybe the you know some of the things that I think were more like JJ's direction to him, which I didn't, which never bothered me. I want to point out, um, but I thought he was great. I thought he had such such energy, you know, um, mm-hmm. and excitement, and and that was such a thrilling way a thrilling choice you know to play that character um which is pretty different from how we saw Chekhov in the original series but different not in a way of that's not Chekhov you know mm-hmm. um right and I saw him at a couple of different conventions and things over the years like Comic Con or whatever and he was awesome he was great and, you know, I think I talked about – I don't remember if I talked about Green Room on our show. I'd meant to. Maybe I did. But, you know, the movie that I've seen on screen so far this year that I enjoyed the most was Green Room. You know, a movie – and, I, and I, I went to see it because it had two Star Trek people in the leads, right? It was mm-hmm. Patrick, Patrick Stewart and Anton. And, uh, and he was great in it. And it was a really great movie. And I, and I saw this months ago, you know, before this accident. Um, and God, who would who would just watch that? Watch him next to Patrick Stewart and think that he's gonna, you know, die before Patrick Stewart is crazy. Um, and I, and you know, I've seen him in other movies than that he was great in. And I don't know, he just seemed like so full of life. And you know, literally the youngest guy of all. And what was he like? Nineteen or something when he got cast in, in the first yeah. JJ movie? That's nuts. You was know? he twenty-seven when he yeah. passed? Yeah, he was. Um, so that's really, it's just bad, you know. And, uh, you know, our thoughts and prayers are, I'm, I can't imagine, you know, for us, we're Star Trek people, and and his death is going to stay with us longer than maybe the average person who just sees the headline on CNN or something. Um, but even for us, you know, he's still an actor on a, on some Star Trek movies. We didn't really know him. I can't imagine, you know, he was his parents' only child, and I have a child, and we didn't mention it yet, but uh, congratulations, Steve. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'm going to make that separate here in a second. <laughs> I don't want that to be this way, but uh, Steve is now a a a, a father, father. And, and has a child, and I just can't imagine what Anton's parents are going through, and, and they're never – I mean, they're never going to recover from that, mm-hmm. you know, ever. And that's just the worst possible thing I can imagine. And so, you know, for what it's worth, our thoughts and prayers are with them. And um, it's really cool that he's left this this legacy because I'm going to be watching uh, these movies for the rest of my life. And, you know, um, I'm sure there's going to be, you know, whole new generations of people that are always going to be able to see him uh, in these movies. So I don't know if you guys wanted to add anything there. Well, I was going to say, you know, we've we've talked about JJ's movies many times over the over the course of these years. Um, 
I think the one thing that we can all agree on is that um, the cast is phenomenal, and um, and these two movies that um, the third one coming out soon. I mean, I'm top to bottom, I've enjoyed all of them, and it's just it's sad. I don't know where they're going to go in the future with Star Trek films, but it's sad to think that you know we won't get to see him you know play um play Chekhov again. Um, so it, it was it's a disappointing news and very sad, tragic. Yeah, I have nothing else to add. I just reflect your guys' comments. Sad, very sad. Yeah, it's certainly going to make the um, it's going to alter the timbre of the Beyond premiere. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Um. Okay, so enough about that. Um, Steve, our own Stephen Embry, <laughs> the one and the only. Congratulations from the bottom of our hearts. Listeners, our, our, our Steve here is a father of a <laughs> daughter. Yay! Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So that's why we've been, we actually recorded our episode so far in advance because, uh, you know, we wanted to give the birth a wide berth, <laughs> if you will. He's, he's changing diapers and making bottles in between our um Right, episodes. right. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> not kidding. Yeah, between our, our episode recordings tonight. Um, so, yeah, congratulations, man. I You know, my child is going to turn five next. Actually, he turns five next week. Yeah, gosh. Um and uh, as I've said, you know, when we started this podcast, um, w- the, the first time I mentioned it to you, Adam Caesar, I asked you about it. I didn't know my wife was pregnant at the time. <laughs> yeah. And I talked Funny, to you about being on our podcast. At a wedding. You asked, it to, yeah, you asked me at yeah, a wedding. That's right. Uh, yeah. At our friend's wedding. So, yeah, my son has been with us since, since we started this podcast in a way. So um, it, is, it is pretty awesome and special. Okay. Um, uh, so a few other things. First of all, I want to thank, I always say, you know, uh, please leave us a review on iTunes. That's how people find us. Um, and we've had a couple in the last couple months and I wanted to thank those people. Um, Kurayama, no, Kurama JP. There you go. Kurama JP and Tetra, Tetrafluoride left us reviews on iTunes. And we thank you very much for taking the time to do that. Um, and, and, uh, it feels really good. I read them to the guys tonight, you know, and it feels good when somebody does that, but, but also, um, it's how people find us and that's the coolest thing. So thank you very much. Um, and, um, have you guys all seen the, the latest beyond trailers? Mm-hmm. Yes. The Rihanna song is cool. I like the one with the Rihanna song. It's mm-hmm. cool. I really like it. Uh, she has the, that that I hit a wall line. She repeats over and over. It's great. I don't think Caesar's watched it yet. I don't think I've seen it yet. No, no you would know. It's really good. Um, so I don't know if this is an, a new direction for Trek exactly, but you know they they have a Rihanna song, and um, I'm I'm assuming it's going to be like in the end credits of the movie or something. But you know that's that's pretty cool, and uh, the song seems pretty cool. You can I think they got the whole song online now. You can check it out. But the 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 trailer that they cut with it is pretty slick. I really like it a lot. Mm-hmm. It's probably my favorite uh, of the Star Trek Beyond trailers. Um, yeah. So when this episode posts the following Saturday, I'm going to be at the Hollywood Bowl. They're doing um, the first JJ movie with a live orchestra playing the score. So that's going to be cool. But then a couple weeks after that. Um, that Wednesday, I'm going to be at the Star Trek Beyond premiere in San Diego, which, oddly, they're also playing with a live orchestra doing the score. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's on that Wednesday night. Um, they're sort of saying it's at Comic-Con, but, it, I mean, it, you know, it's that, if you've ever been to Comic-Con, it's that huge amphitheater, like, in the back. I don't think it's officially part of Comic-Con, but anyway. Um, I'm not going Comic-Con, but I am going to that Star Trek premiere, which for as much of a Star Trek nut as I am, this is the first time I will have ever gone to a Star Trek premiere. I've, I've seen a couple of the Star Trek movies early, like at press screenings, but I've never been to the premiere. So that's very cool. I'm very excited about that. If any of our listeners are going to be there, let me know. Um, so yeah, I guess uh, 
I guess that about covers it. You guys, you guys been following what, like the the Beyond Star Trek Beyond posters and the different messaging and stuff, and I'm I'm liking everything really. I'm a little bit behind. I've been out of town those couple of days, so yeah, I'll check. I'll get online, check it out. Steve, you, you seem like all those posters with the Enterprise. Like, it it reminds me of is it tomorrow is yesterday? Yesterday is tomorrow. What is it called? The original series episode where the uh, Enterprise is like in the clouds uh, in the Earth in the sixties. I've, I'm vaguely familiar with those, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 just a different kind of thing, you know, seeing mm-hmm. the Enterprise in this bright, bright summer sky cloud stuff or whatever. It's it's it, it's very different from any previous marketing, which is which makes it fun. Nice. So, hey guys, it's Star Trek, and I gotta say, I'm I'm more hopeful that this. Will be good that's a weird way of saying that (laughs) (laughs) be good i have high i have high hopes and and i think it i think it really could be a a good movie i really do and even if it isn't i'm pretty sure it's going to be star trek (laughs) (laughs) all right so um yeah by the time our next podcast posts that's actually the day our next podcast posts on that Thursday, which is sort of the day Beyond comes out here in the States. Um, yeah, so our next episode posts on the 21st. We're going to do the next three episodes of Enterprise. And then the following week, so just one week later, we are going to do a, an entire podcast of just talking about Star Trek Beyond. So that, that will post on the 28th. We hope to have a guest or two. Um, if, you know, that whole episode is going to be Beyond. So if, if you haven't seen it yet, then you can not, you know, hold off on listening to that one until you do, so you don't get spoilers. Um, and then after that, it'll just be, you know, every couple of weeks until we end up starting the original series on the 50th anniversary on the 8th of September. So look at that. Summer's flying by. <laughs> All right, folks. So thank you so much for spending an hour with us. And, um, Again, you can leave us a review on iTunes, like uh, Kurama JP and Tetrafluoride did. Thank you again. Uh, you can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com. Facebook.com slash trekcompanion is where you can find us on Facebook. Or uh, follow us on Twitter. That's at trekcompanion. So uh, until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See you. I passed it.